0: Hey, y'all hey welcome to the seek joy sister podcast where we talk about all things scripture and jesus today we are going to be talking about first corinthians chapter 7 through 16 so we're gonna wrap up first corinthians today so let's go ahead and get our cup of coffee or whatever you enjoy drinking and pretend like we're sitting across from each other. And let's get started. We are going to start with 1 Corinthians 7.17. Nevertheless, each one should retain the place in life that the Lord assigned to him. into which God has called him. This is the rule I lay down in all the churches. The commentary states apparently the Corinthians were ready to make wholesale changes without thinking through the ramifications. Paul was writing to say that people should be Christians where they are. You can do God's work and demonstrate your faith anywhere. If you became a Christian after marriage and your spouse is not a believer, remember that you don't have to be married to a Christian to live for Christ. Don't assume that you are in the wrong place or stuck with the wrong person. You may be just where God wants you. And this is regarding 1 Corinthians 7, which talks about the instructions on Christian marriage. So friends, please keep in mind that when I highlight the verses that I journal or I highlight in my Bible in this podcast. I do want to... Also share the commentaries that are in my life application study Bible just because I feel like it really, really breaks down the verses and also I know how much it has truly helped me. There are times where I'll put like my own spin to it, but I'll tell you that it's from me. Um, Also, please go behind me and make sure that you are not only reading the verse that I shared, but the context of it, the entire passage, because sometimes I feel like certain verses can be misinterpreted when you only go by the verse itself and not the entire passage. So um, with that being said, just keep in mind that that verse and that commentary that I just read and the ones that I will continue to read um, go hand in hand with the entire passage and also um, the message of what Paul is trying to tell in the letter that he is writing. Okay, so the next one is 1 Corinthians 7 verse 32 through 34. I would like you to be free from concern. An unmarried man is concerned about the Lord's affairs, how he can please the Lord, But a married man is concerned about the affairs of this world, how he can please his wife, and his interests are divided. An unmarried woman or virgin is concerned about the Lord's affairs. Her aim is to be devoted to the Lord in both body and spirit, but a married woman is concerned about the affairs of this world. How she can please her husband. Commentary states that some single people feel tremendous pressure to be married. They think their lives can be complete only with a spouse. But Paul underlines one advantage of being single the potential of a greater focus on Christ and his work. If you are unmarried, use your special opportunity to serve Christ wholeheartedly. And I know it's so hard for those single women out there who are craving that connection with a husband, you know, who are feeling lonely and who are wanting marriage, um, not only for themselves and because they want that type of love and they want a family, but also because they see so many others being married. But we have to keep in mind that when we are single, you know, when we don't have any obligations, that is the time to blossom, not only in ourselves, but through Christ and the mission that he is setting out in front of us. And also, it's not just for the single ladies, you know, or the single men. It's also for the married. You know, there are times where marriages go through hardships. There are times when some of, you know, some of us may be married to, I'm not married to an unbeliever, but I'm just saying some of us in general are married to unbelievers and, you know, during that time, like we had just talked about in First Corinthians um seven seventeen, during that time, you know, don't. Let that stop you from going all in with Jesus Christ and living for him, living in faith. Because you just don't know what that will do to your family and to your husband. Okay, next we are going to talk about uh, 1 Corinthians 8, 1 through 3. Now about food sacrificed to idols. We know that we all possess knowledge. Knowledge puffs up but love builds up the man who thinks he knows something does not yet know as he ought to know but the man who loves god is known by god commentary love is more important than knowledge knowledge can make us look good and feel important but we can all too easily develop an arrogant know-it-all attitude Many people with strong opinions are unwilling to listen to and learn from God and others. We can obtain God's knowledge only by loving Him. And you can see more of that in James 3, 17 and 18. We can know and be known by God only when we model Him by showing love. And that can be found in 1 John 4, 7 through 8. Now, let's read First Corinthians verses nine twenty five through twenty seven Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. No, I beat my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the price. Commentaries for 925 and 927. At times, we must even give up something good in order to do what God wants. Each person's special duties determine the discipline and denial that he or she must accept. Without a goal, discipline is nothing but self-punishment. With the goal of pleasing God, our denial seems like nothing compared to the eternal imperishable reward that will be ours. When Paul says he might be disqualified, he does not mean that he could lose his salvation, but rather that he could lose his privilege of telling others about Christ. It is easy to tell others how to live and then not take our own advice. We must be careful to practice what we preach. Huh? I've been there. Like, I've been the one to give my friends advice and to be a listening ear and to be a supporting friend or wife or mother, you know, etc. But I've also looked back at some of that advice that I have shared and I realized that I wasn't always practicing what I preach. Like, it's easy to talk about something, it's easy. To share the advice or share about what you would possibly do if you were in that circumstance. But then if you ever got put in that circumstance, I feel like sometimes our emotions and our actions push us to do something else than what we said we would do. Sometimes our emotions get the best of us and push us to do something that we initially wouldn't have done if we would have taken the time to think about it and to pray about it. You know, it says in the Bible that in Psalms, I, I can't remember exactly what verse it is. I'll have to look it up and share it later. But it says, you know, when you are angry, it's better to go to bed and to sleep on it, you know, and to seek God. And then, you know, communicate to that person who made you angry. And it's so accurate, you know, sometimes we really need to sit back and think about our actions. Think about what we are preaching, what we are advising on. And that way we can make sure that we are doing everything according to God and to the fruit of the Spirit. And not so much about our flesh Okay, now let's talk about 10.13. No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. Commentary. In a culture filled with moral depravity and sin-adducing pressures, Paul gave strong encouragement to the Corinthians about temptation. He said, One, wrong desires and temptations happen to everyone, so don't feel you've been singled out. Two, others have resisted temptation, and so can you. Three, Any temptation can be resisted because God will help you resist it. God helps you resist temptation by helping you... A. Recognize those people in situations that give you trouble. B. Run from anything you know is wrong. C. Choose to do only what is right. D. Pray for God's help. And... Seek friends who love God and can offer help when you are tempted. Running from a tempting situation is your first step on the way to victory. Let's do 1 Corinthians 10 23 through 24. Everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible but not everything is constructive. Nobody should seek his own good, but the good of others. Sometimes it's hard to know when to defer to that weaker believer. Paul gives a simple rule of thumb to help in making the decision. We should be sensitive and gracious. While some actions may not be wrong, they may not be in the best interest of others. While we have freedom in Christ, we shouldn't exercise our freedom at the cost of hurting a Christian brother or sister. We are not to consider only ourselves, but we must be sensitive to others. For more on the proper attitude toward a weaker believer, see the notes um, or go read 8, 10 through 13, and then Romans 14. And that was my commentary. Then 1 Corinthians 31 through 32. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do. Do it all for the glory of God. Do not cause anyone to stumble. Whether Jews, Greeks or the church of God. So anything that we are doing. We need to sometimes. Not sometimes. All of the time. You know that's an imperfect world. We are not perfect. But in all the things that you do. And all the situations that you are in, we need to consider, okay, what is God trying to show me and how can I glorify God through what I am doing? And we have to be careful that our actions, what we are choosing to say or do does not cause anyone to stumble. I don't know about you guys, but for me, I take that very seriously. And for me, I am very adamant. I'm constantly telling my kids, even my husband, like everybody that knows me has heard me say this a time or two. Like, I never want to be the reason that somebody sears away from Jesus. Like, is my social media showing a life for Christ? Are they being confused by what they see me do and how they see me act and what they hear me say? You know, like, do I say that I love Jesus one day and then the next day act as if like I don't know him? Would that confuse somebody? So we need to be very, very careful that if we are saying that we are a follower of Jesus, if we are saying that we love Jesus, if we are wearing all the gear right? Representing Jesus. If we are even posting on social media a Christ-like image, but yet living the complete opposite of what the Bible says we should live, then we need to really, really do a heart check. We need to dig deeper and we have to be careful with that because we never know who is watching. So if we're wanting to represent Jesus and all the things that we wear and social media posts and Sunday mornings, then we have to make sure that we are willing to represent him in all areas of our life. Now, I know that we are not going to be perfect, but we just have to really, really figure out like, what are we representing more? Are we representing that it's okay to be imperfect and so we're always going to to live how we want to live and then later on ask for forgiveness or are we going to strive to be more like Jesus every single day regardless of what that looks like like we have that choice every single day uh now let's talk about first corinthians 12 um Really? Four through four through twelve. Okay, so yep, first Corinthians verses twelve, four through twelve. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. Now to each one of the manifestations of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. To another the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another miraculous powers. To another prophecy. To another distinguishing between Spirits to another speak in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He gives them to each one just as He determines. The body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts, and though all its parts are many, they form one body, so it is with Christ." Commentary for that for 1212 says Paul compares the body of Christ to a human body each part has a specific function that is necessary to the body as a whole the parts are different for a purpose and in their differences they must work together Christians must avoid two common errors one being too proud of their abilities or two thinking they have nothing to give to the body of believers. Instead of comparing ourselves to one another, we should use our different gifts together to spread the good news of salvation. And then 13, 4 through 7, which I'm sure you've heard somewhere. In your life, because this is a very popular verse, or verses. So, 1 Corinthians 13, 4-7. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. And this beautiful, perfect, amazing love, we all get that from God. He demonstrates His perfect love for us. How beautiful is that? How life-changing is that? That we are never too far gone, not only for the grace of God, but for His perfect, unconditional, unfailing love. And how He loves us is what should encourage us to love others like Him. Then 13, 13, and now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. 1 Corinthians 14, 33 through 35. For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace. As in all the congregations of the saints, Women should remain silent in the churches. They are not allowed to speak, but must be in submission, as the law says. If they want to inquire about something, they should ask their own husbands at home, for it is disgraceful for a woman to speak in the church. Okay, I know what y'all are thinking. I know what y'all are thinking. Believe me, I'm a woman, and here I am doing a podcast. You know, um, so let me let me read you all the commentaries 1433. It says in worship, everything must be done in harmony and with order. Even when the gifts of the Holy Spirit are being exercised, there is no excuse for disorder when there's chaos the church is not allowing God to work among believers as he would like so we also need you know we think about that in church but we think about that in our lives like when there is chaos when there is disorder we're not functioning the way that we should and we're certainly not giving God the room to work in us the way that he wants to work in us and my life where let me just say, it's full of chaos, (laughs) you know, like, with all three of my kids being involved in sports, and all the different sports schedules that we have, two of them being in, like, competitive sports, so we're always traveling, we're always going here, there, everywhere, my husband and I have to constantly divide, you know, and, um, you know, and with them being involved in school and stuff like that, and then my work schedule is not consistent, and I truly have just felt like I have been living in total chaos, and I don't function that way, I don't work that way, I strive in order, I strive in schedules, like, my mind works like that, like, I am a better human being when I have a set schedule set out in front of me, and when I am living in structure, like, I've always been like that, when my kids were babies, I had a schedule for everything, that's just how I roll, like, that's how I function, And so when it's not like that, you know, when I've had to learn how to be flexible, I've had to make sure that my one time with God was in order. I had to make sure that I was still pushing myself to wake up in early mornings so I can have that dedicated, uninterrupted time with God because He is what gives me order. And so while my entire life may be... You know, in full, like, busy mode and chaos, my time with him is not. Like, I cannot allow chaos in my time with him. So the commentary for 1434-35. Does this mean that women should not speak in church services today? It is clear from 11.5 that women prayed and prophesied in public worship it is also clear in chapters 12 through 14 that women are given spiritual gifts and are encouraged to exercise them in the body of christ women have much to contribute and can participate in worship services in the corinthian culture women were not allowed to confront men in public apparently some of the women who had become who had become christians thought that their Christian freedom gave them the right to question the men in public worship. This was causing division in the church. In addition, women of that day did not receive formal religion, religious education as did the men. Women may have been raising questions in the worship services that could have been answered at home without disrupting the services. Paul was asking the women not to flaunt their Christian freedom during worship. The purpose of Paul's words was to promote unity, not to teach about women's role in the church. So again, this goes back to the beginning of this podcast when I said, you know, if we take one or two verses and not read the entire passage or not dig in further and do our study we can accidentally misinterpret what we are reading. So we have to be careful with that and just make sure that we read the entire passage. Passage, And if we are not reading the entire passage, then that we make sure that we do our study and further evaluation and the verses that really, really spoke to us. Because, you know, the last thing we want to do is to be misguided by the truth because the truth is the truth. There's no changing it. And I don't know about you guys, but I never want to change God's word. Um, I want to stand behind it. And I want to make sure that I am getting the best out of my reading. Also, pray, 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 pray. Ask the Holy Spirit to come in you and to interpret what you're reading and to speak to you. Because what I may receive from the Holy Spirit will not be the same thing that you receive from the Holy Spirit. So make sure that you are asking him as your helper to help you read God's word. All right, 1542 through 44. So, will it be with the resurrection of the dead? The body that is sown and perish is perishable. It is raised imperishable. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. So the commentary our present bodies are perishable and prone to decay our resurrection bodies will be transformed these spiritual bodies will not be limited by the laws of nature this does not necessarily mean we'll be super people but our bodies will be different from and more capable than our present earthly bodies our spiritual bodies will not be weak we'll never get sick and will never die. Alright. And now we are going to end. With the last verse. 16. 13. Through 14. Be on your guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be men of courage. Be strong. Do everything. In love. the commentary, as the Corinthians awaited Paul's next visit, they were directed to one, be on their guard against spiritual dangers, two, stand firm in the faith, three, behave courageously, four, be strong, and five, do everything with kindness and in love. Today, as we wait for the return of Christ, we should seek to follow. The same instructions. All right, everyone, that is it for today's episode. Thank you all so much for joining me. I love, 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 love having you here. I hope that today's episode encouraged you and gives you the strength to go out there and live to your fullest of potential to what God is calling you to do. And remember friends, do everything in love. I hope you guys have an amazing day and I will talk to y'all on Thursday.